For Spectre Cinema Club, episode 140, we're taking a look at Spree, and Ash on Letterboxd describes this movie as Ingrid Goes West, but for incels. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Spectre Cinema Club, a horror podcast obsessed with subgenres. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Devon Taylor, joined with me digitally by Garrett McDowell. Hello, hello. Yeah, we are uh, both in the process of moving right now, so our recording spaces are uh, a, a little unusual. we got to switch some things around, but uh, a, a, bright, you know, a, a bright future ahead of us. I'm excited to uh, christen this new space with our uh, glorious recordings. Yes, I mean, I, I feel like it um, uh, is apropos to kick off our month on, wait for it, Wi-Fi or Die uh, Internet Horror <laughs> Month. Uh, I feel like, uh, so starting off on Zoom makes sense uh, for, for this month. Um, sorry if there's a little bit of an extra echo because my uh, apartment is pretty empty right now. I'm on a condensed <laughs> setup. That's why I also um, won't be hitting the bong at all during this episode because I don't have a desk to put it on. Uh, so uh, you guys can uh, look on Twitter for my uh, condensed setup right now. That's uh, pretty funny. Um, but yeah, excited to kick off a new month of uh, internet horror and this was a uh, an idea that both of us were just like interested in whenever we like you know listed out potentials uh for the year and it actually works out uh accidentally once again because uh we're gonna put out a um a bonus uh review of uh talk to me later on in the mm-hmm. month um which has a uh internet uh viral craze uh angle to it so Look at us once again. Accidentally pick because I just like put this in July, just like randomly. I was just like, yeah. I was just like July. Uh, um, here we'll put internet horror here. So once again, not only not only that, but there's also a like a Vanderpump Rules connection to this uh, movie as well. Uh, yes. One of, uh, yes. So uh, <laughs> d- d- deep cut. If you know, you know. <laughs> yes. There's a yeah. There, there, uh, there's a there was like one other carryover from last week's episode that connects to this week's that I totally forget, but. Um, but excited to get into it. So before we um, get into the movie proper, um, uh, you know, internet horror is kind of a newer subgenre that's been uh, kind of popping up as we see more screen life movies. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at some of those, some found footage, and then, uh, you know, just some regular like straight up ones as well, including like, you know, one of the earlier uh, internet based horror. But uh, what, what about this uh, subgenre interests you, Garrett? Um, I think internet horror is obviously uh, a, a newer genre that can be added into the pantheon of horror because the internet is relatively new. Uh, and I think that someone like yourself and, and, and myself as well, being of this age that probably grew up when the internet was really becoming a thing and, and you know, it becoming more of a part of our lives and us having access to the internet at our palms whenever we need it, uh, I, I think is... Uh, a pretty wide open field to play in. And I think that there's so many ramifications of the internet and that also opens up for filmmaking challenges, you know, uh, in some of the movies that we're talking about uh, this month, there's like a found footage webcam sort of leaning on it. There's some others that are just, you know, your normal movie, but the subject matter is more about the internet. So I think that there's such a, a level of, 
kind of freedom that comes with this. Uh, but I also feel like the internet is kind of a freaky place. You know, I think that you and I are of that generation where, you know, our parents obviously didn't have the internet and we didn't necessarily have the skills or, you know, the tools to navigate the internet safely. So I'm sure yourself and, and, and uh, others probably at one point or another went into some dark kind of spooky corners of the internet when we probably shouldn't have and didn't really know how to navigate those kind of things carefully, uh, which I do think kind of opens it up for even more layers and, and, and kind of terror to be found in the internet. And then there's also just like the level of internet culture, right? There's mm-hmm. just like... Uh, people trying to be like in the movie that we're discussing today, trying to obtain this viral, uh, uh, you know, fame, comparing yourselves to others, uh, really this kind of voyeuristic culture that can, you know, uh, kind of be born out of the internet. So I just think that internet horror has really evolved over the years as the internet has evolved, as our relationship with being online has evolved. And I think that there are, lots of interesting places to to you know go into this and then you know there's there's like the whole creepy pasta angle and that's almost like a subgenre within a subgenre mm-hmm. so yeah it's just an interesting uh uh kind of uh, uh frontier that is kind of being uh explored more recently uh in horror and i think that all of the movies that we're talking about this month are widely different uh, wildly different in their filmmaking techniques what the movies have to say about being on the internet uh, I, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm excited. I think that there's really uh, going to be a pretty broad uh, uh, examination of the subgenre this month. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's so much to dive into simply because it is, you know, still new territory. So it's like a lot of tropes are still being established and uh, motifs and things like that. Um, and, you know, horror is a nice, like, way to kind of track, you know, history uh, in, a, in a certain way of, uh, you know, kind of reflecting society and the world. And one of those things is, you know, uh, you know, how society has been, you know, slowly more integrated with, you know, internet and technology, especially over the past, you know, 25 years. Um, you know, me a little bit more so than you since I'm a few years older, but like people my age, I consider us like I call us the fringe kids. Um, oh, yeah. as you know, we were there like, you know, cause internet was like coming around in the late nineties and people were using, but like, we were like really the, the people that kind of shepherded in the, the modern internet era. And then now I feel like the Gen Z kids have kind of taken it to the next level, uh, in a, in a certain way by kind of mastering it as we, like you said, we had to learn it as we kind of went along, you know, going yeah. from, you know, uh, dial up, you know, modem internet. And, you know, I, I, uh, I remember I uh destroyed one of our um our home desktop computers with a uh, uh, LimeWire downloads uh totally <laughs> totally destroyed it and i i blamed it on my younger brother uh who was like too young i was like oh well you know he always goes on the computer and messes with stuff and i successfully got away with it damn just um, gaslighting your parents and your little brother <laughs> literally uh is pretty evil but um but yeah but in in a way though there is so many you know kind of fears that we have about the internet and technology right now um, you know, so, so again, getting to kind of explore more things of that, whether it be social, social isolation, uh, whether that be, you know, fear of the technology itself, fear of the future, um, you know, so many different things. We just had a new season of Black Mirror dropped. And then Garrett, have you been, um, watching the Grimace TikToks? 
Uh, I have no choice but to be watching the Grimace TikToks. They uh, are fucking uh, I, amazing. I am the, I am living right now for these. They they range all the way from oh we just sipped it and we're laid on the ground and it's like spilled on us to like full blown like production you know, produced yes. horror found footage film. So yeah, I think that that in and of itself is really fascinating. That like. It's such a it's such a generational thing to have this kind of like Gen Z absurdist humor, uh, but then also like having the creativity and just like kind of the weird macabre sense of just rando humor that like is spawning this weird trend going on right now. I'm I, I'm I'm kind of here for it. It's very odd, and from what I hear, the Grimace Shake is actually not too bad. No, it's actually delicious. Uh, I have one sitting in the fridge right now. Um, keep a <laughs> keep an eye out on uh, the Spectre Cinema TikTok. You guys might be in for a little extra treat here in a couple days um because i'm of course very inspired by all this um shout out to um savannah moss if you guys follow her on tiktok or instagram she's known for making uh these fever dream tiktoks uh of like and like they're like in different styles of like one is like you're in a video game uh one of them is like kind of like having a, a dream and then like she has like different styles of them and they are super fun super creative they have like recurring motifs throughout them as well so she's like kind of built out this like little found footed universe um she's super dope so go check her out if uh, you're kind of into some of the stuff that uh we're going to be chatting this month uh so very excited to get into it um again apropos because the grimace milkshake stuff feels like um the uh world's fair challenge that we'll be talking about the end of the month so look at that full circle look at that look at that full circle indeed yeah so uh, it seems to have lined up now, uh, pretty well we got we got viral internet horror already happening we've got vanderpump rules we've got it all so i'm excited to uh, dive on in here Spree, directed by Eugene Cattle Yarenko. We were practicing beforehand, still stumbled. <laughs> uh, released August 14th, 2020. This was written by Eugene and Jean McHo. Uh, McHo? McHo? <laughs> Why did I say McHo? That's a- McHo. You got McDonald's <laughs> on the brain. Yeah, probably. That was, yeah, that was just a funny way to say that. Uh, cinematography <laughs> done by Jeff Leeds Cone. And uh, what's interesting about the crew, this is like one of the first times that none of them have uh, Wikipedia pages. Uh, These are all pretty fairly unknown. Uh, Eugene has directed some other small, very small projects, but um, uh, this is a very uh, unknown crew minus the score done by uh, James Ferraro, who's actually like an electronic musician. Um, So that makes sense for, uh, you know, Kurt's uh, uh, beats later that uh, I'm sure that we'll be shouting out. Uh, This was edited by Benjamin Moses Smith. Uh, Box office, uh, this was, again, uh, this was, you know, what, so August, uh, four months post-COVID. So this uh, did not uh, get released into too many theaters, but apparently some. It made uh, $50.6,000 in its uh, very small theatrical run, but this was uh, uh, primarily uh, ran through Hulu. Um, uh, So it was kind of promoted through there. Um, a Rotten Tomato score of 66% on 80 reviews. Um, again, I guess maybe since it was like COVID times, maybe people weren't re- reviewing as much on here. I don't know. The, mm. the numbers is, are kind of interesting there. Um, uh, can you guess, uh, did you look at the letterbox average rating already or can you guess it? Um, I haven't uh, looked at it recently. I would assume it would be somewhere. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because knowing kind of letterboxed, I will say three point. I'm going to say three flat. 
Yeah, very close. 3.1 out of 5. Wow. That's it what is, I was going to uh, say. I should have uh, went with my gut. Yeah, it was uh, just uh, just makes the fresh rating in there. And, uh, you know, this was my pick for the month. Uh, this actually was my... Um, I talked about it uh, quite a bit in uh, the very... Um, in the best of 2020 uh, horror movie list that I did back uh, a couple of years ago with Johnny the Horror Hack. And uh, I had in that episode, I had it listed at two, but this was my number one of that year. I had it listed behind Swallow, but like I haven't watched Swallow since it since I watched it for the first time. I've watched this like five times and tweeted about it a shit ton. So so I'm going to retroactively say this was my number one movie from 2020. Um, Ooh. You know, 2020, got to watch a shit ton of movies that year. Um, the second most I've watched in my letterbox record uh, history. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, I really had such a great time with this. Um, I'm, uh, you know, it was a nice evolution of the found footage as we were kind of starting to see more of these screen life based ones, um, which uh, I see some people differentiate the two of them and like call screen life movies not found footage like. Uh, movies like searching but i'm like it's still found footage to a degree because it's like footage being recorded in real time and then still taken and you know uploaded in theory as a film so it's like yeah so i don't distinguish the two i feel like screen life is now a new branch off of found uh found footage that's that's what i can get behind i think that all screen life movies are found footage but not all found footage movies are screen life so i i think that there's definitely uh, a, a connection there it's just more of a specific kind of you know niche in the found footage genre yeah 100 percent. and so i was in it for um for the format itself uh of course and then um joe keery's performance is just uh phenomenal you know we'll definitely talk a bunch about him um in true uh internet uh star fashion he's multifaceted if you guys haven't listened to his music under joe uh djo He's really fucking good. He makes some fucking like dope ass music and, and he makes music in this movie as well. <laughs> and he makes music in this movie and he like performs in like a like funny like suit and wig sometimes like when he's performing as Joe. Um uh, look him up. Like he uh, just released a new album actually this uh this year. That's like really oh, wow. good. Yeah. Um so yeah, check him out. Uh, very uh is like I don't know, like kind of dark groovy music. Um, and he like, has a pretty uh, good singing voice. Sounds right up your alley, dark and groovy. It really is. Like it's kind of music that I would make for sure. Um, uh, but um, he he's obviously fantastic. But then just uh, the attention to detail with the internet angle aspect of it. You know, they did lots of hours of research, watching different TikTokers, YouTubers, um, uh, researching Reddit. Things like that, and um, uh, really, uh, they even recorded a series of like you know unboxing videos and vape reviews and other things like that as Kurt in character. And yeah. uh, the Kurt's World uh, Instagram is still active; like he still logs into that account <laughs> as Kurt sometimes, and like uh, <laughs> still posts there. Um, so so you can go follow Kurt's World ninety six. I think they even like made like a Tumblr page for him too. Um, I don't know if the YouTube channel is still up, but they like really uh, made all these things to like, you know, really get the authentic uh, authenticity of it, which I appreciate. And um, integrating that into being a social media slasher, um, I think uh, just works really well. It's super funny. We got some great kills. Um, I think the social media commentary is pretty solid. Um, you know, we'll get into that a little bit more, but um, I just uh, like 
front to back just like really had a great ass time with this movie and every time I watch it this is a been a movie I love to show people like you know just like when we want to watch something really fun um I even like uh, got my family in on a in a watch and we had a great time all watching it together so I don't know I just uh I think uh you know it, even though it, it might seem like it's trying to make bigger statements than it really is I don't think so. I think that kind of ties into the shallowness of the internet uh, within it all. So, like, this uh, just, like, hits a, a lot of bases, uh, checks a lot of boxes for me. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, 2020 was an interesting time for internet horror uh, because not only did you have Host, which I would say was probably the more kind of talked about movie between these. Um, there was also a Hashtag Alive. Uh, so I would say that 2020 was a big year for internet horror, which seemed to just kind of work well, right? Because 2020 was a time, obviously, obviously this movie was made before the pandemic, but it was a time where we're all stuck at home. We're all using the internet so much more than we would probably be using in our day-to-day -day lives. And it had so much to do with our connection with other people, but also like kind of our per perception of ourselves. And I felt like that sense of uh, hindsight has really benefited this movie. Uh, I feel like this film has captured a time period in the internet that is so hyper specific uh i i think of your your jake paul's uh your other paul the logan paul's of the world uh the people who do these cringy you know prank videos and 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 all of these things just to get clicks and just to drive that engagement up and that sort of outrage uh you know uh kind of culture that they like to stew up and just cause controversy. You know, I, I think it's, it's, it's captured very well in this movie. I think uh, Joe Keery does uh, a really great job as Kurt. I think he has uh, a lot of charisma behind his performance. I, I love his enthusiasm behind everything. I love his sort of like awkward turtle sort of, you know, I want to be the cool kid in class, but I'm just, you know, this kind of just awkward you know tries too hard sort of nerd uh, i think that there's a lot of attention to detail in this movie uh and you know kind of blink and you miss it comments on the live stream or something like that which were handwritten by the director which i think is really fun uh, it's just a lot of you know uh details that would benefit a rewatch you know watching it again and again noticing these subtle little jokes um i i think the movie certainly has a lot to say about um, kind of this, again, voyeuristic culture that we have in our time, also this kind of performative culture, right? Uh, and then this the effects of, of the internet and technology. I think that this movie has uh, a lot of ideas uh, happening throughout it. I just don't know it for myself if it's executed in the most engaging way. Um, I think that Kurt is a fun character, but I think that he's so heightened that uh, the movie feels a little... Uh, kind of tonally disjointed at some time uh, at some points it seems like this you know uh high concept you know cringy horror comedy but then at some times it's quite grounded and quite realistic and, and and quite dark um i know it's a hard balance for a lot of horror comedies to find i don't know if this one tonally for me is is completely pitch perfect with with its tone and and its performances in conjunction with that uh, but i think there's a lot of fun sequences i think there's a lot of uh, memorable moments and lines and and supporting characters i think that this is uh, a lot of fun to watch uh, but for me it's it's not uh 
crazy, uh, crazy memorable. Um, I had a, a fun time watching this last Halloween, uh, and I think that that's a pretty good time for it. Um, I, I don't know if this was going to be a, a staple for me like it has been for you, um, but when I uh, did watch this, I, I, I enjoyed myself and I was entertained, which I, I think is uh, about all you can ask for with a movie like this. Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely um, got some pins that I will put in as far as um, the tone and the social media messaging goes. Um, but, but of course, we'll get into that after uh, you hit us with a 60-second synopsis. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm ready as I'll ever be. All right, I got you here in three, two, one, go. I'd like to introduce you all to Kurt Kunkel, uh, who is uh, the uh, proprietor behind the YouTube channel, uh, Kurt's World. Uh, it's Kurt's World. We're all just living in it. Uh, and he wants so desperately to be viral. Uh, he's tried TikTok and YouTube and shoe reviews and vape reviews and uh, uh, computer shortcut reviews and all of these different things, anything that he can try his hands on to achieve this Internet fame. But uh, he receives no fame, no success at all, so he decides to take it in his own hands and starts killing people. Uh, he is on this driving app called Spree. Throughout his drive, he starts kidnapping various passengers, and in order to achieve, uh, achieve this fame, uh, he starts putting them through all of these uh, horrible and seconds. cringy uh, situations, which leads him down this very dark path of this you know, vanity, obsession, fame path that he uh, eventually gets what he wants. But at what cost, Yvonne? At what cost? Alrighty, with five seconds to spare. Nice. Uh, I, I, I like uh, I like the setup and the closing of that. That was real nice, nice and it, nice and it's concise. Been, you know, it's been a hot minute since I've had my sixty seconds. Oh yeah, we, we had guests at, like all last month, so that was that felt nice. That felt good. It was like coming off the bench, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that actually was your first one in a month. I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, so great job. You're not rusty at all. You're right. Thank you're you. right. You. Like you never stopped. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and uh, start off with the uh, subgenres here. Obviously, we're talking internet-based, and we already kind of talked about how this branches into the screen life horror angle. And then uh, I mentioned this as a you know social media slasher, but you know under the slasher category as well. And then um, we've already kind of uh, briefly mentioned the uh, the different tones that kind of come from this being a horror comedy. Um, uh, what are some other subgenres that uh, were maybe sticking out to you? Um, I think this is also not entirely, but for a lot of the movie is sort of this bottleneck uh, horror movie. It mostly takes place in this car. So true, true. there is there is a lot of that going on in this. I think towards the third act, you obviously uh, get different locations and, and things. But for a, a big bulk of this movie uh, has to do with uh, Kurt in his car. But yeah, I think the most obvious ones... Um, are the uh, the uh, horror comedy angles, the the screen life angles, um, and I don't even know if uh, any of the kills in this movie are like as brutal enough or as violent enough to kind of distinguish itself, right? Like subgenre wise, like this isn't quite a slasher movie. It's not quite a splat stick movie. It's very matter of fact with its violence, uh, and and Kurt seems to be someone who's not killing people for this sensational i'm going to make it as bloody as, as i possibly can a lot of these especially early on in the stream are like pretty subdued so i don't know if the violence in this movie really is enough to carve out this subgenre niche but i would say that yeah bottleneck sort of horror comedy viral internet screen life i would say is probably the most uh, prominent for me 
Yeah, this is a this is a single location in the same vein as like ambulance. Like it takes mainly right. place in the car, but we do kind of get a um, you know widespread of locations. Also through Los Angeles, uh, ambulance not a horror movie, but go watch it. It fucking rules. Um, yeah. But um, but for me, this does fall into the slasher category, and I think in a way that you wouldn't quite think of. Um, mainly because okay, he doesn't have a signature look. That's one thing that I think is uh, very uh, important for a slasher. He he does not have that, except he does wear kind of the exact same blue shirt the entire movie, like even in the other videos he's making. So he and the kinda, hair, the hair too, the, oh, the greasy hair. Well, and also whenever he um after he kills Bobby and then starts wearing his clothes, so he right. does kind of suit up a little bit as wearing <laughs> like he he suits up as like the ultimate influencer instead of being small Kurtzworth. Which so, which which is honestly kind of poetic, right? That he takes someone else's clothes, someone else that he perceives to be this who, viral influencer, and then he dons this as like, no, I've I've achieved this fame. It's like you just hijacked someone else's stream and fucking murdered them on your own, you and, know? And and clothes that he also that the influencer also got from someone else too. So it's like this right. like chain effect. So okay, never mind. I lied. He has somewhat of a signature look. Um but for me, um, so slashers you kinda have to have a signature look. But it's also um, you know, I say it's a numbers uh numbers wise. Uh I'd say if you're at least over three, I think you're uh getting to slasher territory for me. Um, mm-hmm. But not only the number of kills, but the purpose, like like if you have a specific purpose behind it, even though I know some slashers are just like, oh, we, they kill randomly. But for me, I feel like purpose also um, contributes to the identity of a slasher. So he does have a very specific purpose. He even uh, has a name for his killing spree. Hashtag the lesson. Um, you know, so it's like I feel like that also kind of puts him in a slasher mindset. Um, so that's where I, I do I even though yes it's not super gratuitous gore but I mean we get a decent amount for it being um very grounded uh violence like this is you know these are all real realistic kills that can easily happen and they are kind of displayed as yeah. such so but you know so I, I still think there's a good enough uh, amount of kills and violence that like you are going to get enough of the horror out of this but it does kind of have like yeah uh, it. I mean, would you say is this horror or comedy first? Um, ah, man, that's tough. I would say comedy first. Um, I uh, this is uh, I know I'm one to usually throw a, a, a wrench in the ring as far as like is this horror? I think this is a, certainly a horror movie. Uh, but I would say that it is more preoccupied with making you laugh than causing fear, um, which isn't an issue. I, I I think it's fun to kind of change that ratio uh, up a bit. But I would say yeah, for me. This is more of a comedy uh, with, you know, uh, using horror to kind of punctuate the comedy, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, for me, I would say I'd say they're pretty even, honestly, which I think that's when horror comedies are at their toughest to pull off is when you are trying to, like, put it, like, straight down the middle. I think that's where, like, I feel like the, the more successful horror comedies, you have to slightly lean one way or the other. Um, mm-hmm. in order to like kind of be a little bit more successful because it's a it's a little easier when you have a more you know concise target versus you really trying to do equal parts of both I feel like that is yeah kind of where this movie gets in its own way because um, I feel like yeah like obviously Kurt's character is like very uh, specific and eccentric and like uh, has this you know awkwardness to him but also you know does have that sinisterness behind him and even how awkward he is like yes it is funny but it's also like an awkward that makes me uncomfortable and like 
uncomfortability is a part of horror for me since I typically don't really get as scared. So like uncomfortability is like a big factor for me as far as like weighing the horror angles of it. And the movie kind of, you know, layers it like pretty simultaneous. And then, but then that's where uh, I I feel like the first two acts, it works really well. Um, It like, you know, starts off pretty humorous and then it gets, you know, more darker as it goes, but kind of still keeps the comedy there. And that's like a nice effect. But then once the two merge and are like simultaneously happening in the third act, especially like the third act is supposed to be like where things get like dark and twisted, you know, he's like fully lost it and all these things that's supposed to be like super scary in the third act. But then you also have the comments and Jesse, um, you know, taking selfies with him after she kills him and all these things to where it's like, okay, this was supposed to be like the scariest portion, but yet there's still too many funny things happening. Yeah. So it's like that, that convergence like doesn't work uh, once it gets to like the third act. Yeah, I think especially you're right because of uh, Jesse and, and her character portrayed by uh, Sashir Zamata, I believe is how you pronounce her name, who's like a SNL veteran, uh, I, I think, who's obviously providing uh, a, a lot of humor to the movie. But then I also think of characters like Uno, like the DJ, who uh, gets, you know, drugged and then ends up killing the cop. And I think of that moment instead of becoming this like really tense scene where Kurt is nearly about to get found out, it becomes sort of this like kind of splat stick Uh, cop just got shot in the head and Kurt's able to like escape pretty, pretty easily. I do think that the movie is able to bring it back a little bit and kind of have this nice sort of tip of the hat to something like psycho to where it's revealed that Kurt killed his mom and she's been dead the entire time. I do think that that gives the movie like a retroactive sense of unease and like grossness about it, considering that Kurt is so on and so animated and so like preoccupied with this, you know, endeavor that he has like the, you know, becoming viral the fact that he's doing all of that after he just murdered his mom, you know, like that kind of gives the movie a, a, a sense of chill, especially on a rewatch rather than just the first time. And you're just kind of seeing him, uh, you know, go about his day and just, you, you know, try to uh, obtain this violence. But I will say, though, when we had uh, uh, gotten off the topic a little bit, but uh, as far as him being a slasher villain, I think that he is he's got everything. He's got the motivation. I would say he does have the look. He does have like his you know, his Haddonfield, his Crystal Lake, and it is in this, like, LA. Uber, well, L.A., but also, like, in this Uber car. Like, he's got a venue for the kills and everything. I love all of that. Uh, he's missing a weapon, man. He doesn't have an but iconic he has, weapon. He does have variety, though. That's the thing. And, man, yeah. I, I feel like the car counts as a weapon. He does kill a couple people with the car itself. Like, he runs somebody and over the sunroof, and, yeah. and the sunroof. So he does use yeah. the car a couple times and, like, that is... And the, the water bottle in the car. So, like, yeah. the car is his weapon. But he I do like that he has a nice variety to him. I feel like that also kind of helps in uh, the slasher department of, like, kind of having, a, you know, a few different... Uh, he's, a, he's a, you know, clever guy. Like, I really loved um, the, the initial first kill whenever... One, very smart to have the first victim be a sexist racist. Um, yeah, yeah. Immediately, like, kind of softens the killing of it all. So that way, like, because yeah. obviously you're not going to be on board with Kurt, but at 
the beginning at least you're kind of like okay he's like killing some like bad annoying yeah, it, people it's, so it's, it's kind like, of like yeah it's kind of like the macabre version of like save the cat in a way you know <laughs> it's like it's like okay I'll, I'll i'll give you a bit of a pass because this guy's a fucking asshole <laughs> yeah so so like they do that but then i love doing that and then the setup of like flashing back to like the video so he's he literally makes a video showing him preparing these bottles as an instructional yeah. video uh, which is crazy because it's like one I love again like all the extra videos they did for this but then two because it just shows that like he had so many so little people watching his videos that nobody saw that video and like said hey this guy right. is uh, up to something sketchy B just because that's how little seen he is that he was able to like literally post these videos like of him setting all this up even though he's like being vague on what he's doing he like just keeps saying like well the record is six so so that's what i got beat today and it's like six what you know obviously six passengers but like he doesn't say yeah. like what he's talking about you know so um i i, I really like the setup and the extra videos do help uh, give easy exposition so that way we can like kind of just really kick into the movie like it's like after the first 10 minutes he's already got someone in his car and we're like off to the races. Right. Yeah, I, I think that the movie certainly has that going for it is that I, I think it, it's able to keep the pace of the kills like uh, pretty frequently and especially early on that it makes for these it makes for the, the, the kind of the empty space in between the kills uh, still fun, still enjoyable. You're still spending this time with Kurt uh, and just kind of cringing along with that. I think that's another subgenre is just, yeah, this like oh, social yeah, yeah. cringe horror that yep, we're getting yep. is just like watching him. It's very intentional, but it's it's you're you're watching this person just completely just have this performative sort of this you know carefully curated persona that is only exists to attract followers and uh attract this kind of viral sort of uh uh shadow over his channel you know i, I think it's something that we see a lot on the internet is that uh especially in like kind of the youtube tiktok movie space right is that everything is is outrage everything is just about extremes and everything is just about mm -hmm trying to draw attention to yourself and trying to have a reaction rather than just being authentic and rather than just having a sense of nuance or, or conversation. And I think that Kurt really embodies that more of a, again, kind of like the Jake Paul angle or perspective that in order to have sort of this internet fame, you know, you really have to sacrifice some of these uh morals and do these immoral things in order to to gain a crowd so i think that from that perspective kurt really uh just becomes all the more uh kind of relatable not from like uh oh i see myself in him but like oh i've seen guys like him yes know? i mean the the cringe horror angle is actually huge yeah i'm kind of surprised we forgot that in the initial talking about the subgenres but <laughs> um but yeah because it's huge because one thing that's you know super crazy about the internet is how fast it moves and i feel like when this movie came out i saw a lot of comments of people saying like is the internet really like this like is it you know blah 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 like and it's and it seems more heightened at the time mm -hmm. when you watched it only three years later, this doesn't feel that heightened because we are fucking watching that. People are throwing their mother's ashes at pink during concerts. Oh, my God. And a wheel of cheese. And a wheel of cheese, <laughs> uh, which is funny because I'm eating mini wheels of, of cheese right now. Um, but but is because they're doing that because they know it's going to get recorded and it's going to make them go viral. And people right. don't have 
like a sense of shame right now. Like people are going, you know, super cringe because they know that that's what's going to get the clicks and they don't care. And so like, you know, watching him now is like, oh no, this like, this is totally realistic. Like, you know, it is not far fetched at all to like see somebody doing this versus three years ago, this feels extra heightened. So it's like, interesting how fast the the internet moves and i feel like it might be the strongest aspect of the film to the cringe like because i feel like the car ride with the first the the car ride with like the first three people are like kind of the uh or maybe even up to um uh the vanderpump and frankie frankie grande like that that those portions are kind of the most fun because we are getting these super cringy interactions and we're kind of getting um, you know, the landscape of the way that people were talking on the internet and about the internet at that time, um, you know, so it's like, I feel like that's kind of the strongest stuff, but obviously the movie has to do more than just be, you know, vignettes of him kind of doing this over and over again, but, you know, but then that's when the film kind of starts to unravel when it broke, when it broke the format a little bit, so it's like, yeah. you know, I, I feel like they maybe could have stretched that out a little bit to like kind of keep that going a little bit instead of kind of having like a bunch of them in a row and then like the second half is like very spread out between the kills that's fair yeah i i think as far as like i i saw that criticism being lobbed at this movie is it's so outlandish and that it's not like super plausible but i think that we live in a world where i've seen videos of people who don't know that they're being recorded acting more ridiculous than he acts in this movie you know uh, i i think especially like in a post covid world uh, a post covid world uh there is really this like damn people just don't know how to act anymore and no, i think they also don't. like in a day and age to where uh somebody can go on youtube and make a apology a video for grooming like young fans with a ukulele <laughs> and apologizing for that you know i don't think anything is off the board nowadays you know I'm saying like I've seen some crazy shit in the past couple weeks (laughs) people are doing wild shit like yes especially in the past like month I feel like I am seeing just the craziest things like uh, there was this video of this like gal going crazy getting into a fight after she's just like calling this like other gal the n-word a million times and it's like she's possessed or something I'm just like and and, like everybody is filming her like and that's like becomes like the crazier part of the video is where you see like five different people with like their cameras in her face and she's so like gone or zoinked out she doesn't know what's even happening it's just like yeah this uh this movie is not too far-fetched anymore and that's crazy in three years no and i mean correct me if i'm wrong but it was before this movie came out that people were filming themselves eating soap like and eating Tide Pods and oh, shit. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like people mm-hmm. have been acting fucking stupid on the internet for a long time, you know? Yeah, I don't think that anything in this is out of the realm of possibility. I think for me, it's more about... Um, I guess kind of the 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 movie's tone and that it, it, I'm fine if you're going to go s- satirical and 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 make it this really kind of farcical uh, kind of play on what 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 we do see in the in, in the internet but then having it go back and be this macabre sort of haunted incel you know character that we also see a lot on the internet too like seeing that come to life um I think it's just it's it's really a, a switch it, it sways pretty wild tone wise and I do feel like I got a little bit of tonal whiplash um, I'm, I'm throughout it so I don't know if that is yeah a sense of like more kills more fun with the kills um, yeah I, don't, I feel like I have the 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 diagnoses I don't know if I necessarily have a cure for it with this movie you know yeah I think it's I think it's like the I think it's just the the 
editing and the format of it because I had a couple instances that I'm like, if you just like kind of took the same scenes and just kind of swapped them around a little bit, it yeah. would feel a little bit smoother. Like I feel like um, like the stuff with uh, the DJ and his dad should have happened before the Bobby uh, kill. Like, cause I feel like that's like Kurt's like realization of like himself at that point. And he's like yeah. super high off of everything he's doing. I feel like if you like would have swapped those, the pacing would have worked a little bit different. And then maybe uh, throw in again, like some of the other stuff, like a little bit in between those like serialized like vignettes that we have in the first half. I feel like if you just really like moved a few things around, it would feel a little bit smoother uh, in a way. But, um, yeah, we've kind of talked about Kurt and Jesse uh, a little bit separately, but I think their dynamic as a killer and final girl together is very fascinating, uh, especially with like the way that the movie plays out in the end. Um, I uh, I did a listicle uh, like a couple of years ago, and it was like my uh, top ten uh, black final girls, and uh, I put Jesse in there because uh, you know she's super charismatic, uh, you know she's flawed to a degree, uh, which you know. Uh, ties into the end but she's also you know resourceful and smart and capable and uh, makes a perfect foil to to Kurt as Kurt like being this you know attention starved person that wants you know the virality of social media and all these things and then when he comes across someone um you know that has a big following and like that's like the basis of her comedy and stuff um they make such a a perfect like compliment uh compliment to each other um mm-hmm. uh, you know especially in the way that they react it like it gives me flashes of like sometimes the way i think about like when i'm uh scheduling like podcast episodes like i will be thinking i'm like okay let me uh reach out to this person okay how many followers do they have um do they you know promote the projects that they go on so like is it going to help spread us around you know like i have yeah. to think of those things when i'm producing the show and mm-hmm. it, so, like, I felt that whenever he's, like, uh, doing, like, the the thing with Uno and he's, like, hey, uh, make sure you tag me. Oh, hey, I haven't gotten the notification yet. And, like, um, uh, saying to Jesse, follow for follow, you know, like, things like that. Like, that, those are all so real. And, like, yeah. I- anyone in the internet realm of some sort can, like, kind of relate to that. But then also with Jesse, like, kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, taking her interaction with him and then using that to, you know, make a statement and do this whole thing. And then afterwards, after, you know, she kills him and everything, she takes the experience and then gets famous off of it. And then, you know, and so that kind of questions like the the morality angle to, to her connection to the Internet as well. Um, so it's like I feel like they make such great uh, compliments to each other as a final girl and killer pairing. Yeah, I love there's a scene between the two of them uh, where. Jesse's in the back seat, and Kurt is like, "Oh my God, how did you how did you create such a following?" And she's like, "I'm funny, I'm funny. like <laughs> you know, like I love I love that because it's such a it's kind of a throwaway line, but it really is kind of the epitome of their relationship, right? Is that you have Kurt who is the epitome of in in authentic, uh, authenticity, who is just completely crafted this persona that again only exists to have this viral uh, you know following." versus Jesse, who's just, I'm sure she's worked on her craft. And obviously it's when you're a comedian on stage, there's a performance angle to it, but there's just like an inherent, I have something to say. I have something interesting to contribute to the world rather than, Oh, Hey, watch me do this crazy shit on YouTube. And that gets you a following. So I think as, as someone who's also been in this like content creation space for a long time and has, you know, seen the changes from like, 
when YouTube was really popular with like in the movie space and you had all mm-hmm. those big channels and then COVID happens and then TikTok is more of the thing and seeing TikTok stars rise to fame on that. And now they're hosting all of these different things as someone like myself. I think it's easy to watch that and then or, you know, to to compare yourselves to others and be like, well, they get to do this stuff. Why don't why don't I get to do this? Like, what what do they have that I don't have? And kind of this, you know, disproportionate view uh, of yourself. And I think it's it's not easy to see how Kurt can go down this path. But I think it is like there's a, just enough relatability to that of wondering if like, well, what if I just did like trailer reactions? You know, that's my, that's my equivalent Devon is instead of like, if, if he's succumbing to the lowest depths of himself of like, I'm going to kidnap people and fucking kill them on the internet. Mine is trailer reactions. Yes. I, I, <laughs> um, no offense to the, the trailer reacting people out there, but yeah, I'm that for me is kind of no. like my, my lowest YouTube. No, uh, movie, exactly. Yeah. Movie no, thing. No, no, no shame to those people. I totally get it. It's just totally a personal thing that I can't, manufacture that give a shit like level watching trailers even movies that i absolutely am so so excited for i will be totally silent throughout the trailer maybe smile and at the end be like wow that was great you know um but i think somebody like kurt is thinking of like well how can i do the crazy thumbnail face and oh my god and everything is is oh, crazy he- and you know it's like it's it's just that crafted sort of in in this authenticity i'm having trouble saying that word today that i think makes his character so compelling oh it's, yeah it's sort of the relatability again of like uh, it's not that i'm like that but i know so many people that are you know a less heightened version of that i mean I'll, i have no problem in saying that like i am kind of like that in a way like you know he like there's a scene specifically where he is what because like he's watching jesse's videos and like going mm-hmm. through her social media to like try to figure out what it is and rather than just like him again wrapping his head around that it's just because she's funny and she's herself he's like sitting here criticizing the format he, uh which he does have one good point when he's like why oh, are totally. you filming your stories horizontally do does her audience have a neck problem um but you know but and he's like talking about the consistency is key like how many times do podcasters talk about that you know like being yeah. consistent like so it's like i hear those things and i've read those articles that say like the best way to format your stuff and best way to present yeah. them for the best results like i read those things you know so it's like i mean, I, I, ha- I have to admit that like i i relate to them in that way I, I i will say i do relate to that in a sense of like you do see people who have this following or have this level of fame and then you watch it and it's just this immediate sort of well i wouldn't do that and like kind of arm crossed you know criticisms and it's just like you just become a hater just even though this person even though, is more popular than you exactly even though he hasn't he's coming from zero place to be able to criticize totally of, like you are yeah. not successful at all it's working for but like you're gonna you know criticize like that but like yeah he is totally caught up in all the other stuff i love that this movie is like kind of a perfect encapsulation of like 2014 to 2019 youtube where it was like you know like uh people were really kind of dialing into the format and of whether it be vlogging whether it be the movie criticism uh fields uh anything and uh the, the pranks and uh, all those things, you know, I love that they uh, brought uh, Josh Ovale in to be uh, Bobby Budley, who is mm-hmm. he's an actual YouTuber. He was in like that vlogging cringe uh, sphere. Like that's literally yeah. like what he mainly did. He has some good stuff, actually. Um, but um, but yeah, so like, you know, having that perfect like uh, image of like what it was, like you said before, 
uh, uh, COVID because definitely COVID like slowed the movie criticism, uh, YouTube side of things down. Um, and then it, um, but then it's like, it's interesting because then it became like more obscure now. Like people are like, I just watched a video yesterday about like, it was like a 25 minute breakdown of like the iconography and like why uh, Waffle House is like one of the most like chaotic businesses in America. Those, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's those amazing. lore videos are impressive. Those things are like, some of them are you know six hours long about the most niche thing that you could possibly imagine i honestly respect the craft because that is that is intense you I, know? I i watched a i watched a 40 minute video of a person uh breaking down uh, uh various uh brands of gum and i was laughing <laughs> and i was laughing for 40 minutes straight like so it's like it's interesting now like you know uh the the landscape of youtube and um, you know, things like yeah. that. And, 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 and with the ending of this, like I said, is very fascinating to me because like, first there's the scene, um, where Jesse is doing her up, which is essentially her explaining the message of the movie, uh, to everyone, Yeah, which I don't love. Uh, it's kind of annoying, but I feel like that scene is what sets up the, the, like, uh, pretty much like the, the coda of the film. Uh, mm -hmm. Like whenever we see her rise to fame with everything after everything that she just said that she's like going back on now. I thought yeah. that was fascinating because, yeah, I don't love the hey, this is what the movie's about portion of it. Um, it was uh, kind of that that like was like cringe in a bad way. I was like, it's it's uh, it's a little it's a little apple boxy, you know. It's a it's a little like, all right, now it's time to wag my finger at the audience. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite either. But at the same time, that does like comment like stand up comedy with internet has changed over time as well. And I could yeah. totally see that happening. Like somebody going to a set that they're supposed to be doing comedy and they're not even telling jokes. They're just talking and like doing a whole thing and it ends yeah. up a viral sensation still works out for them. It's like people do stuff like that these days now. So it's like, it, it still felt, <clears throat> it still felt slightly real. Um, and again, it like kind of, I think perpetuates the the shallowness of this because I think this does have, stuff to say about you know craving for attention and voyeurism it does but i don't think it's like trying to make like a very detailed statement about it yeah um, but it but it is there um you know and i feel like again like them not trying to be deep about it like uh, uh you know mirrors the internet these days like yeah like i love to write editorials and whatnot and then like uh, you know, I'll write a thousand page piece and like, I think, yeah, I'm analyzing something here. And it's like, no, I'm really not actually <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not doing an actual like academic like yeah. thing here, you know? So it's like, it, it kind of feels like that in a way. Well, I think that the, the movie also has a level of like kind of themes regarding indoctrination uh, and, and specifically with like young men and in like 4chan it's not a huge part of this movie it's more towards the end to where you see after kurt dies like how the internet has kind of ran with that i think especially in recent years and talking about young men being online and having exposed uh you know exposure to to things and being radicalized by some perspective i think is is interesting too but i love that kurt's character is radicalized and that indoctrination doesn't come from those dark corners it comes from just TikTok and this kind of parasocial, uh, you know, just perception of, of people. When, when somebody posts a video every single day, the kind of parasocial relationship that can develop between the audience uh, and, and the creator, I think, is is really interesting. So I think all of that stuff is is really compelling to me. And, yeah, I don't think that the movie um, is is quite subtle enough to 
kind of get away with that scene where Jesse is just kind of explaining the themes of the movie. Cause I think that they're pretty, they're pretty obvious, you know, it's, it's, it's not subtext. It's the text of the movie, you know? So I, I felt like it's a little egregious for, for, for Jesse to just go up and just kind of have a thesis statement about what this movie is trying to say. So, yeah, I think for myself, it, it's, it's a modern, retelling of something like and it's not in either of our movie maps but it's kind of a modern retelling of something like american psycho you know to in where, a way, yeah. instead of this 80s wall street bro you know who's just completely vain and is probably a serial killer uh you have the modern version of that which would be like a tiktok mr beast-esque sort of oh i'm willing to do crazy shit for views and and you know what is the macabre side of that which which i do find uh, uh really compelling yeah it definitely uh, definitely does have shades of american psycho almost made my movie math but i felt like it was a little too obvious um so yeah. I, so i did uh, i feel like we both have put it in a few times so i'm trying to give american psycho a bit of a rest um, <laughs> but uh it, it definitely does go into that and um, and what I will say is, like, even though it does kind of feel soapboxy, I do like that Jesse is also presented as a character that um, this isn't supposed to be like a female empowerment movie by any means, but or like a, and they go out of their way to like her not being like a girl boss about it all. Uh, even yeah. though I would say I guess the coda is her kind of girl bossing the situation of being like, oh, hey, I almost died, but now I'm going to make millions off of it and get big sure. and stuff. And, and it does make you question, like, you know, is she wrong to do that? You know, but at the same time, like, I feel like for her, it makes sense because it's she's doing it off her own experience. At least she's not making a true crime doc about someone else's experience <laughs> and then gaining the yeah. fame off of that. So. I do think that that's where it kind of muddies. Uh, it makes the message gray, which I'm which I'm fine with. Um, but it does um, it not only it, it doesn't try to prop her up. But I do like how you said it does try to take men down because all the men in the movie suck. Literally every single man in this movie, like whether it's yeah. Kyle Mooney or David Arquette's character being you know snivelly, the worst kind of people, or uh, yeah. fucking Mario. Oh my god, like that guy was so good and i wanted to like punch him so bad like <laughs> one of the most punchable characters i've seen in a movie in a long time um, just so the worst. yeah so like literally all the men in this movie suck uh bobby uh fucking kurt himself like all of them so i i really do uh like that they kind of go out of their way to like really take all these different types of men down a, a, a peg as well you know yeah, I think that that's totally fair. Uh, you'd mentioned Kyle Mooney, who uh, I uh, am a big fan of. And yeah, seeing them in this as Miles, I thought was really great. And his character, as well as Kurt's, kind of embodies this. It's it's maybe a little too niche uh, to like bring up on the podcast, but it's such an L.A. thing, right? Is that you just have these people who are just trying to do anything that they possibly can to get in with the quote unquote, like the cool kids, you know, and try to be as famous as they can. So yeah, it extends beyond like internet culture. It's like, it's into the performative sort of stand up space with, with Miles and Kyle Mooney's character. So uh, I love all of that, but yeah, all of, all of the men in this movie, I would say, except for, Richard, who is the one that gets killed in the the sunroof, I, I he's not too bad. Uh, no, he's uh, but yeah, no, he he's just uh yeah, he's he's just kind of having a good time and like and really yeah. all three of those characters 
Um, I think that kill is an interesting turn for the movie because that is yeah. kind of when it becomes like, yeah, these characters are annoying, but they're not bad people. Like yeah, they're they just don't annoying to die. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, uh, which fun fact, I actually uh, got to work with Frankie Grande a couple times uh, whenever I was doing the vaccination side at Dodger Stadium. Oh, uh, nice. Very sweet boy. Uh, he was he was super nice, and he and he and he didn't actually work for the organization like I did. He was just there volunteering. Oh, that's so, great. Uh, so so big ups to him. Um, and yeah, uh, I didn't, cause, uh, seeing on your letterbox, I didn't realize how big of a fan you were of Brigsby bear. And honestly, oh. that would have been a, I think that would have been an interesting choice for almost horror when we did that. Um, uh, yeah, it, Brigsby bear is a all time favorite of mine. Very personal movie. Love it very much. I've got the poster over there. I've got the t-shirt on over there. So yeah, uh, uh huge, huge fan of, of that movie. His character Miles is so fucking funny because you know I I go to like a lot of stand up shows and like watch a lot of stand up stuff and and like I've seen hit that guy like so accurately like the oh, yeah. like whether it, you know him latching on to like a kind of more talented person but then trying to take credit for like propping them up and stuff like that but then he's also creeping on her and hitting on her I know lots of uh, females you know detest uh, dating other fellow comedians because uh, they act like this um, and his stand up set. That was so fucking funny because they all had like decent setups and then he just fails so epically on the like payoffs and the punchlines <laughs> that they just don't hit it all because I'm like I'm like oh you could kind of do something with this joke and then he just like fails so hard at it so it's like um, I, I've seen those characters before and um, oh, I, yeah. love, I love David Arquette popping up in these uh, random yeah. random uh, little roles because um, he also did um uh, 12 hour shift like the next year and he also produced on that one um another like smaller indie horror film that he like has a bit part in and yeah um i feel like uh, uh, even though i do love dave arquette there's a little too much uh i feel like the him and his dad scene kind of goes on a little bit too long um in, unless they were gonna make him like more important in the first half of the movie because then you know he just kind of comes into like um, I guess get get a little bit of sympathy for Kurt because they're like, oh, his dad like just uses him and like sucks, and then like and is also a heroin addict and like all these things. So like, I don't know if he's just around for for that angle of it, but it is also just like fun watching David Arquette be a complete loser. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's necessary for me. I do think at worst he does drag down some of this movie um a little bit. I I do think it's a little bit more interesting to just have. And a little scarier just to have this normal everyday guy that not necessarily anything terrible happens to. It's just the internet is more of the cause of this and what happens when you have just this kind of unmitigated, just you're just going through the internet and the algorithm and, and the kind of the corners that you're able to find in the internet. So to have this like kind of absentee deadbeat dad angle is not super necessary to me. And I, like I mentioned before, I think it is a bit scarier that he just like, you know, just flipped one day and just killed his mom and decided that he was going to do this. To me, that's a bit more effective rather than, Oh, and his dad was also not always there. It's just like, it's a little bit too, neat for me you know it's a little yeah. bit too uh, clean cut rather than what we see a lot of times in the real world when you see these tragedies they go and find this person a lot of times pretty normal fucking life they just yes, are you know they, uh, yeah especially yeah. in recent years yeah the the movie definitely tries to do a bit of like a joker where it's like okay like yeah. you see like how lonely he is and how mean people are to him and how his parents are and like yeah you know and and no amount of sympathy that you give him is going to like make you like forgive his actions in this movie and i feel mm -hmm. like i feel like the movie's not trying to do that either 
um you know just on the fact that like you know on the way he's presented it's like no matter when when any character like this no matter how much sympathy you give them like that doesn't make it okay to kill people so at the end of the day i i don't you know see like i i see people criticize that in other movies like giving killer sympathy um but Mm -hmm. i think there was ways to do it where it's just like you could have had his dad not be there like at all and then Mm -hmm. like show him killing his mom but not actually show his mom because then it like kind of makes it seem like he is just like kind of in his own world like he doesn't have like you know guidance you know around him and that's why he's molded by the internet we could have gotten all that with his dad just not being there like and not explained either like just be like oh hey where's his dad and you just like have no idea you know i think that could have been interesting and i feel like that makes it a little bit scarier that he just like you know rather than like oh yeah his like mom kind of sucks and then his dad kind of sucks and like whatever like I think we it still would have had the same effect without having, unfortunately, uh, his dad's character like kind of drag the middle of the film down. Yeah, and I do love that uh, Joe Curie and his performance of of Kurt just is completely devoid of any sense of like charm or like real charisma to it. He's just cringe and awkward the entire time, which yes. I think is really yes. important when you're making a character like this is not to really make them like. Oh, cool. I want to hang out with them. I want to be like them, which is something that like, you know, you had mentioned like the Joker. If you look at like Todd Phillips' Joker movie, it's like the Joker in that is kind of this like down on their luck. They're getting kicked while they're down. But, you know, they ultimately rise up and inspire so many other people to 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 follow them, which I think is very wise that this movie doesn't go in that sort of direction that people like look up to Kurt or like really it's more it's mostly just this kind of like car wreck that you can't look away from uh like that's kind of the viral uh uh mindset that is 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 here and i think that's more accurate to what we see in the real world right is that audiences and in the internet is just more drawn to these darker corners of of you know of the internet and and that's how attention and notoriety are kind of gained rather than something like joker to where it inspires people i think that that would be a mix a misstep if this movie went in that direction but thankfully kurt is what you would see in the real world is just like he's just this weird fucking awkward incel you know yeah it it definitely does never like give him like any ounce of like yeah charm or anything and 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 it doesn't need to and i like the way that they do kind of still endear you like a smidge uh, a couple times is through the other characters um specifically the very first ride with mario and jesse like shit goes completely off the rails but then like even and like jesse makes a few digs at him like while they're in the car but then like even after everything that happens uh whenever she's getting out of the car she like you know tells mario to fuck off and then like the only thing that she says that's like kind of nice-ish to kurt is she's like hey like just like kind of ease up a little bit like you you don't need to say the foul for foul like you know just like chill a little bit and that's like the first time like in the movie that anyone's like an ounce of nice to him and I feel like that's kind of where it comes in at the end that like uh, on one hand, I feel like it's a weird turn when it turns into like Kurt, like being in love with her and like trying to like make it into like he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to be together and be a viral sensation together. And like all those things that's like eh, mm-hmm. you didn't really earn that. But at the same time, it makes sense because like one, he is called an incel in the movie and uh, yeah. and we don't really see his uh, preference to people one way or the other, except until it turns into like, oh, Jesse was nice to me and she like talked about me in her stand up. So like 
that means she likes me and that we're in. So it's like it does kind of yeah. take that notion of like, you know, the the quote unquote good guys that like when someone's nice to you once and then they kind of run with it. Um, it is still kind of it, it doesn't quite work for me at the end. But at the same time, it does make sense for like the context of his character. Yeah, I kind of like it because it is that sort of, oh, I'm such a nice guy. Why don't girls ever go for the nice guy sort of attitude that I think more oftentimes than not reflects a type of behavior like this is that it is it it his relationship with Jesse is the same relationship that he has with everybody else, right? It's the same relationship that he has with Bobby is like I don't really see you as a person. I see you as a way to obtain fame and I see you as an avenue towards that. And so that his relationship with Jesse, it's romantic not in the sense of like, Oh, I'm attracted to her. I'm in love with her. I need to have a relationship with her. It's like, Oh, we could be a power couple and we could be viral from that. You know, it's the same thing that we see uh, with uh, uh, Frederick. Who's like the white supremacist that gets in his car. It's when he starts like spewing about all of that shit. Kurt isn't like, Hey, don't talk about that. That's wrong. He's like, oh, you're going to affect my stream, you know? So it's everything mm -hmm. is a means to an end for him, which is why I kind of like the Jesse relationship. And you're totally right. It's just that classic, oh, the, the waitress smiled and was nice to me. She must be in love with me sort of thing to where it's just like, or she was just your waitress and being a kind person, you know? So I think that that is totally in line with Kurt's character. And I, I think it ultimately really just helps him helps paint him as this kind of just smarmy gross sort of again kind of like an incel uh kind of character yeah that's a that's an interesting detail that you had mentioned that because there also is a scene too like whenever uh with mario and jesse that whole interaction is like he's not sticking up for her because it's the right thing to do and like because he should and like he should have you know been kicked mario out of the car way long ago but, you know, he's still, one, trying to get the double kill, but, two, he's also only defending Jesse because, again, like you said, it, like, right. affects the live stream. And, uh, and you know, he's like, oh, I don't want to kill her because since she has a big following, she could be my ticket upwards. So that's when he also, yeah. like, so I thought it was interesting that, like, her saying the, like, one nice thing to him um, was that the reason that he decides to like not kill her? Like when she like grabs a water bottle and he's like, no, 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 don't grab it. Does he do it because he actually has a change of heart at one point? Or is it because like you said, he has the ulterior motives of using her later for, for his like viral scheme? Well, I mean, she doesn't say anything necessarily nice or kind to him. It's just not mean. Yes. And I think he sees it <laughs> yeah. as I think he sees it as helpful. That yes. like no, that's what to, I'm saying, to yeah. him, yeah, to him Jesse is like trying to help his brand, you know, to to him Jesse is giving him tips, which is what he's see uh, uh, searching for is that how do I get where you are? And Jesse offers yeah. just the smallest crumb of advice and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm going to go under her wing and be her ingenue or whatever." And it's just he takes it, you know, uh, he g give a mouse a cookie, the sort of angle, which I think is 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 kind of where a lot of the horror comes in is in his view of other people and in his relationships. Yeah, no, I think I would. I think I'd agree there for sure. Um, it, you know, it, it, it definitely. Yeah. It could, but it, but it did make me think for a sec. I'm like, oh, maybe he like, you know, saw us and this could be like the seed of like if more people were nice to him, then like maybe, you know, it would happen one way or the other. Um, sure. But of course, no, it's all it's all about the, the image and everything. And and uh, I guess uh, kind of going into uh, before we hit our final thoughts, we'll go into like our favorite set pieces um, as well. And I do also want to shout out the fact that um, a lot of this, I think, goes uh, to editor Benjamin Moses Smith with a kind of he has a lot of heavy work to do with like changing the format of the film 
um, multiple times and things like that, yeah. like between between the vertical, and then he'll like have like the vertical with part of the movie, the different uh, cameras in the car. Like he really yeah, has a shit ton to do in this one. Yeah, we didn't talk about that one as much as kind of like the filmmaking techniques and that it is this very split screen multicam, uh, multicam in the sense of like not just multiple cameras happening at once, multiple types of cameras happening at once. You have body cam footage, cell phone footage, like all of these things. We even have I like think... some uh, like parking lot CCTV in there. Exactly, we, get a, yeah. we get a cop dash cam in there. Yeah, and which which I think is is really great and is in its own way kind of poetic of like nowadays you have so many different types of screens vying for your attention, you know, like whether it's your laptop, your television, your cell phone, your mm -hmm. watch, your car now, your fucking sunglasses, you know, everything is uh, we can't pump gas at the gas station without there being like a screen trying to to get you to spend money or to advertise to you. So I felt that that is kind of like a nice overwhelming. There's too many things happening on screen right now, but I feel like it's very effective. Yeah, and and it's like I wanted to I wanted to like pause like throughout and like get like write some some of the comments of like the live stream down because like you said like he wrote them all himself uh, which yeah. is like so crazy they're like all independent like comments he's not like just like copy and paste in like the same things and whatnot I I meant to do that but again since I've been moving I was like kind of multitasking so I uh, didn't get to do that but the the format like you said like the the different types of cameras and the different visual f formatting of it is really cool and I think um, the formatting leads to my favorite. Um, I think it's like really the only like actual like scare that is like has like a setup and payoff type deal mm -hmm. rather than it being a kill, which is uh, the scene where we're kind of uh, we're we're uh, seeing uh, Jesse do a story with her grandma and like the whole thing. And then on either side of it, one of them's the comments and then the other one is like Kurt. And like, yeah. and it's like doing this whole thing. And then you think that Kurt is walking up to Jesse's house and like, and Jesse's feed, she gets a knock on the door right. and you think, and this is as Kurt's walking up to a door. So you think he's at her house and then they pull a switcheroo with it being miles and he's actually at Bobby's place. And I feel like that. I was like, Oh, I was like, that's, that was really nice. Yeah. And like, I yeah. feel like the, the format was the only way that like that could have happened. And I thought that was like uh, the, the best use of the format for me in the movie. Yeah, I think it's it's easy to draw like comparisons with like a, a a Brian De Palma sort of split screen view here, but I love that it's it's a modern approach and that there are actual split screens, you know, literal screens happening at, at one time and all of again, all of these different things vying for our attention. It also has this opportunity like when uh, uh Jesse's doing her stand up set and and uh, Kurt is in the audience and like you get to see his reaction to her jokes and, and her telling the jokes and all of those different things. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, really effective. Yeah, like I, I think, you know, doing doing that and again, like the just putting the authenticity and work to it is like also like just like what makes it so believable. The mm -hmm. other angle, too, that I love and is a thing for me in found footage. I appreciate when they tell us uh, who found the footage or how it was assembled. Like I know with certain movies the found footage angle is like presented as just like a bunch of footage just like kind of stitched together which is fine but then like in found footage that does have more of a narrative format it makes you like wonder like okay who found this footage and assembled it into you know in theory the movie we're watching right now so right. i like that this movie does uh take the time to again like after 
after showing Jesse like getting famous from the experience happening, like you said, showing the 4chan and the subreddit, which this movie being assembled through uh through Reddit is the like most internet you know a uh, horror thing you could do. Oh, totally. And so I like that that is like we get the answer of like oh you know this was put together by you know Kurt's quote unquote fans that he got after the experience and all these different Reddit people. Uh, because because I remember watching it and I go. I go, how did the 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 uh, uh, parking lot footage make it in? And then there's even a comment on the subreddit that was like, hey, I've been taking uh, footage from the different feeds and traffic cams. And I was like, they covered all the bases. And I thought that was a really cool touch. You know, maybe that's our reasoning for why David Arquette and his dad is in the movie so much is that was like a, a, a narrative choice from whoever this sympathetic 4chan yes. user was is like, oh, no, he's actually he's like this mistreated. Yes. Look at his dad. And so he included all of that stuff, even though probably would have been left on the cutting room floor. They think it's important because they're like, no, I sympathize with him. And, oh, look at his dad. It's just like me and my dad. You know, 100 percent. I didn't even think about that. And that totally makes sense, because, again, like if you're going to if if you're going to have a found footage that has an actual like narrative structure to it, you got to be able to explain that, too on top of, you know, the footage itself. I like that with that angle too, uh, essentially Kurt scored his own movie uh, in, in the, <laughs> in the world of uh, yeah. Spree, which I think is a, a nice little touch. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll shout out our favorite kills before we uh, get into our final thoughts. Um, uh, my favorite kill, I think, Ooh, I mean, I would probably, I mean, the Mario one is funny just because of the uh, needle drop of the gummy bear song. Oh, but yeah. um, I feel like the the uh, uh, Frankie Grande and Vanderpump gal, um, I think that trio was like the most fun because, again, it was kind of showing, uh, uh, you know, a side of like, oh, yeah, this is like a believable thing that like people would kind of ignore these red flags for the for these viral moments, you know. And that's like we get, you know, a, a kill with two of them stuck in the sunroof, attacked by dogs. And then uh, Kurt just takes a drill uh, to girl's head, which I love how the drill is introduced. Like Frankie Grande just like pulls it out randomly and starts doing with it just to be like, hey, there's a drill in the car. And it's like, oh, what's yeah. the drill for? Uh, so we get Chekhov's drill like, you know, snuck in there really fast. Um, so I think that's a I think that's a really fun kill. We get like the blood splatter on the window as well uh, and on the camera, too. I, I always think those are really fun. What do you think about before I say my favorite one? What do you think about Jesse's kill that with the with the cell phone? Does that work for you? Uh, yes, uh, I think I think more found footage movies need more camera kills. Uh, just because, yeah, is it on the nose? Sure, but at the same time, I think it makes sense for for a lot of these movies that, especially with this one, that it is the internet being you know the ultimate evil, and then there's also the moment in Jesse's stand up thing where she like breaks her own phone, like so that's like a whole thing. So uh, I think specifically for this, it really does work. But in in general, I'm always a fan of. of found footage kill with the camera itself i think that's always fun i i, I like the idea behind it but it, it, it's portrayed more like jesse is using it as like a bludgeoning device and i would rather like the screen is cracked or you know sharp and she's like using it as like a saw or something to like slit his throat you know like really go all out for that rather than just kind of like bashing him in the face with it um so in theory i like it in, in execution not my fave but yeah as far as favorite kills the sunroof one is great uh, it gets extra points for creativity um i love all of that um i think the most effective one to me is the off-screen mom kill like i think it really gives this movie this 
real sense of you know the macabre throughout all of it i think it makes it really uneasy it's also this nice kind of you know a tip of the hat homage to like a norman bates type of figure so i i really love all of that is that you know you have this nice duality between a Norman Bates, who is this kind of typical nice guy, what you would expect to be a nice guy. And then with this, you have the self-proclaimed nice guy, you know, and what that actually looks like. So um, I love kind of the duality um, of those. So even though we don't see mom die on camera, I, I think it's probably the most effective kill um, in regards to ones that we see uh, on uh, camera. I love the uh, sunroof kill, as I mentioned, but since you had mentioned that the, uh, the, the was uh, Uno uh, cop kill was really funny. Like that. She just shoots the cop in the head on accident. That, that got a big laugh from me. Oh yeah. That was so funny because then Kurt literally goes, thank God. Like, cause he like <laughs> at that point he thought he was fucked. Like he was like the cops are here, yeah. everything she's yeah. passed out. Like, I am so screwed and then just like chance shit happening. He's just like, oh, uh, okay, cool. Like that's like the one yeah. break, like the one true break that he gets in the movie, um, yeah. which does lead to a, a super fun car chase. Um, you know, the if the movie is spending, you know, 80% in the car, we got to have a good chase. And like this being a found footage, they must have had to have actually filmed this. Like I'd assume. Yeah. So like well, and they're, it, they're, and it's pretty fun. There's also a pretty good stunt, if I do say so. Like, the, the car flip is, like, pretty impressive for this being, like, a found footage movie. I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, a, a real deal movie, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they, they had to actually film this. They had a few cuts, like, from, like, cell phone footage, like, to the car chase. I thought that was really fun. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I love just, like, the – like, because, like, Joe Keery in this movie is super fucking funny. And uh, just him eating steak fries as he's uh, driving against traffic is such a hilarious like image. Yeah. And the way he chucks the fries out the window whenever he's like, oh, shit, like this is getting serious now. Yeah. Um, so uh, some, some fun visual gags. And I did like that you shout out um, the uh, the mom's death. I think that that's one of the most impactful like off screen deaths I've seen in a minute. Like because because yeah. the, all they did was when they show it again at the end, you see just an extended clip of the part that we saw at the beginning because the beginning it cuts off before she screams. Yeah, uh, you only see him run back in and be like, so it does just feel like he like forgot something or whatever. Uh, yeah. And then so it's like they replay the exact same clip, just like with an extra seven seconds to it that like yeah. changes the whole thing. It was like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I think it's 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 really creepy, and now it makes me wonder if this was like a four chan user. What's the what's the purpose behind that? He you know? the 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 editor wanted a callback. He's he's trying to make a real movie here. <laughs> uh, this uh this four chan subreditor, uh yeah. su sub editor, ha ha. Um, uh, so let's go ahead and get this into our uh, final thoughts out of uh five poison water bottles. Uh, what are you giving spree? Um, I think this is one for myself that on paper should totally be for me uh i love a good horror comedy found footage isn't always my favorite so i'm glad that this month we're getting um uh interesting mix of of not only is it or isn't it but also the uses of the medium so uh it's it's not necessarily a inherent negative with the film um but uh, for me it works surprisingly well in this i think it's i think it's creative i think it has enough to say about internet culture and a pretty unique take to uh, be that kind of the primary draw for me as opposed to a lot of the horror stuff surprisingly i don't feel like it's a terribly tense movie and i think it is missing a bit of bite in its kills i think some of the kills with like with a water bottle and stuff it's like i know it starts small but like some of the uber kills are like off screen and yeah it, it doesn't quite satiate that that bloodthirsty if this is 
a slasher movie uh, with a little splat stick mixed in for good measure. I need a little bit more zaniness, uh, zaniness from that level. Um, and yeah, there's some tonal stuff uh, that I think is is just a bit uh, a, a bit all over the place for myself. But it's a fun watch. I I, I think it's a, a perfectly enjoyable horror movie to uh, to show friends or to have on in the background or something like that. But for me, it's just a it's a nice easy breezy three point five out of five water bottles. So uh, I enjoy it, but don't quite love it. Well, okay. Yeah, you're, you're you're a little bit tight on it, but that's okay. I, I totally, because I can see all of your criticisms of it. Um, I think for me, I can just ignore some of them because I like, yeah. I, I feel like we're pretty much on the same page with a lot of this, except for like, you have a few more nitpicks than me and, mm-hmm. and I totally get them. I'm not going to say you're wrong about them. Um, but for me, a lot of them either kind of service the story in a certain way or um, it just like kind of just work for me personally. And I think mm-hmm. also just the fact that this movie has uh, aged really well in the past few years um, uh, kind of gives it an extra little boost as well. Um, I rated this pretty high the first time I saw this, um, but I did kind of bump it down just a smidge because I did feel a bit of uh, the slogginess um, in the in the second act. And again, just like kind of the format, uh, you know, a few scenes could have just been moved around and uh, for a, a, a smoother ride. Um, yeah. But but for me, like Joe, between Joe Keery's performance, like I was enthralled by this. Like I I stopped uh, Stranger Things after season two, so I think that's like <laughs> I I think that's before his character like really gets good. Um, so like I you know I liked him. I thought Steve was cool, but like you know, but like this, I was like, okay, I need to see Joe Keery and like more stuff, uh, including yeah. his um uh, Taco Bell horror commercial is super fucking great. Um, <laughs> but um. But I, I saw on like one of your letterbox reviews, you're like, I can't wait for Stranger Things to be over so he can do more uh, horror movies. I really hope yeah, so. Man. I think he has a, I yeah. think he has great potential to be a screen queen, uh, a, a final girl. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. And uh, so, yeah, I really love his performance. I think the presentation of this is so fresh compared to uh, really any other found footage movies. I can't really think of too many except for like maybe one that's going to come up in our um, movie math that is a bit similar in format. But like I, I just really think it's used super well and uh, the yeah. social uh, media messaging has like only gotten stronger. And I think it's just... Uh, a super fun time. I think this is just a really great fun time, uh, whether you're thinking about it uh, in a deeper sense or not. So I'm giving this 4.5 out of 5 uh, poison water bottles. Pretty, pretty up there. It, it was a 5 at one point. I, I did uh, my first like initial uh, couple of watches. I was like, ooh, yeah, but uh, the, the shininess is worn off just a smidge. But this is solid for me. Yeah, I think for me, uh, it's much more of an emphatic 3.5 out of 5. I think before it was a little reluctant of like, now throw you an extra half star or something like that. But for me, it's like, no, this is actually kind of fun. And I think, yeah, especially with time, I think this is, has aged quite well, even though we're not necessarily in like kind of the the Jake Paul sort of era anymore. I think uh, in a post COVID world, I think that the the potency of all of the themes and everything here uh, have just made, uh, made it all the more uh, prevalent. And yeah, uh, Joe Keery got to get him in more horror. You know, I, I think stranger things uh, has gotten better over time. I think uh, this most recent season was probably the best. It was also their most outwardly horror. Um, so I'm not like a hater of Stranger Things. I just think for me, it's just kind of like, I'm ready for it not to be the most popular show on Netflix and for other things to maybe, uh, uh, you know, 
uh, and other talented people like the Duffer Brothers to to have an opportunity to work on something else. You know, <laughs> I, I, I swear, Stranger Things feels like it's been on for ten years. I don't oh. know why. I know, like you know, it had like COVID stuff in between and everything, but like it seriously feels like this show has been on like for so long. And I'm like, it's only season five. What the fuck? I know, um, right? But uh, but we're not talking about Stranger Things. Uh, we got some other films to talk about that we were thinking when we were discussing Spree. Alrighty, here on Spectre Cinema Club, uh, we like to conclude all of our episodes by playing movie math. Uh, you just have to take some of the movies that reminded you of the film that we discussed today and put it in a mathematical equation. So, Mr. Devon Taylor, what do you got? Alrighty, so I actually um, had this, uh, I, I actually wrote this out like before I even like started watching the movie, which is not usually what I do, usually like, I matriculate over time, but I actually had it pretty pretty down pat uh, in my head for this one. Um, very simple, um, I got, uh, I think I think this is our most common format when it comes to movie math, is like two things in parentheses and then like one more on the outside of it. I feel like that's like our most like standard format for, for a movie math equation usually. Yeah. But anyways, um, so in parentheses, I have Creep 2. Um, I think, um, you know, there's very similar uh, vibes between Creep 1 or 2, but I specifically chose 2 um, for them kind of doubling down on a little bit more of the social media awareness of it all, but then also the, uh, the uh, you know, how it fools you into thinking it's going to be a, a, a horror rom-com for a hot minute. Um, you know, and the dynamic between those two characters, again, have a really great killer final girl dynamic that is that works super well for like the, the found footage uh, social media angle that they're working. Um, I have that multiplied by uh, Deadstream, which we talked about in our uh, best of 2022 uh, episode uh, is similar just in the way that um, it really makes the best use of the different cameras and editing and things like that like I like how in the movie like he edits in his own music um you know he has the different cameras that he's like switching back and forth to on an iPad um so all these things and so I feel like that like makes you know it it, it uses the format really well and like kind of makes the most sense and then also just the star for attention um you know poking fun at those type of uh influencers um so I have those uh, multiplied in parentheses I have that divided by like me um, this is a movie that came out in 2017, I believe, uh, starring uh, Addison Timlin and Larry Fessenden, and uh, it's a super small movie, and uh, it it again like it's a perfect encapsulation for like where the YouTube uh, atmosphere was at the time of uh, these like very uh, these like vlogs and like uh, when influencers like were having beefs with each other and things like that. But um, the film I I have it divided because it's kind of the perfect um, double feature for this movie because it follows like an influencer who again is like looking for an audience she's looking for attention she's like mm -hmm. looking for like loneliness and acceptance and then when she like goes to like do this like vicious prank to like record it she then like becomes like friends with her victim but like against his will but then they also still become friends uh it's a very odd movie uh with super odd vibes but also very stylish in the way that's lit um so i have it divided because it's a nice inverse to this movie um, it like kind of shows like even though like there's weird cringe depravity going on on social media, you can still find a like sweet friendship in a weird way. Um, yeah. So highly recommend checking out uh, Like Me. Very nice. Yeah, I saw you tweeting uh, about that one. I'll have to uh, uh, give it a watch. Uh, but I just did want to mention that uh, Sean 
from Deadstream and Kurt from this movie, just nightmare blunt rotation. Just <laughs> the worst. Can you imagine the vibes on that? Just fucking terrible. Sean's screaming the whole time. Kurt is just like throwing up peace signs and like, like and follow. Uh, just, I'm, oh, I'm pretty open to who I will smoke with and I would 100% not share a blunt with either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds uh, absolutely atrocious. Uh, for me, I went in a bit of a different direction. Um, I don't have as much um, contemporary examples. Uh, like none of these other than one of them are like very um, internet focused, but I think all of them together, it's kind of a similar DNA. So I have in parentheses, I have the King of Comedy, uh, the De Niro Scorsese movie, which is uh, kind of the inspiration behind Joker. I have that because it's very much this sense of like, Oh, I can do that thing. People just need to to see me do it. Yes. And I'm mm -hmm. just going to capture that person and just if I do that then I will have this fame, you know. So I have that angle multiplied for vibes uh by Ingrid Goes West, which is like that would totally. be a great almost horror movie because it really is like fuck, people are scary. People I count it on creepy out there. I think it's definitely a thriller, uh, certainly, but uh, I think that Abu Plaza in that also has this kind of like parasocial, awkward, uh, just, you know, um, leech, the social media leech. And I think that that movie also has such L.A. vibes uh, that it's just like, oh, if you live in L.A., you totally you know, have been there before, you know, there like socially. Um, I have all of those uh, divided by the Truman Show. And I think that that is more from like the audience perspective is that you have this multi-cam capturing every single moment of this person's day to day. Uh, but it's more about what the audience takes away from that. And it's this obsession with watching people and knowing the uh, intricacies of people's lives and like especially like in a reality show you know kind of world that we live in and it's even more so with vlogs and everything now i think truman show definitely has um a lot of that and that was you know in our almost horror uh, uh theme that we did there so yeah uh, king of comedy multiplied by ingrid goes west divided by truman show yeah, well, we didn't actually do Truman Show, but we did shout it out again. So I feel like that's uh, the uh, another non-horror movie that we've shouted yeah. out multiple times. Uh, maybe if we do another almost horror month, uh, I, I would definitely want to do it because I think the movie is fucking terrifying. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, and also to uh, to your dream blunt rotation, I'll take it even a step further. So so we have uh, Kurt, we have Sean, we have Ingrid, and then we also have... Um, uh fuck who was i about to say um uh, and joseph from from creep uh imagine oh, the podcast between those four that is the worst uh three hours of your life it yeah. will beat uh even the worst episodes of joe rogan or tiger belly um oh, like it, it will be just awful awful vibes all around i think they would all be those type of tiktok tiktokers that you see and they do like they do bits to where it's like, oh, they this is a millennial, this is an anime kid, this is a whatever, and you watch it, and it's so good that you're like, you have to just act like that. That just has to be your personality because it's too specific, and I feel like all of those people would definitely have those sort of TikToks to where it's just that cringe sort of like, God, I hated watching that <laughs> sort of humor that's so popular right now, you know? 
Oh yeah, um, I I would I would say they would either be that or they would be the I hate like whenever I watch a a podcast of comedians and all it is is like talking about comedy like inside baseball type stuff like oh yeah uh when it's like no we we watch this for like you get to be funny and stuff and that would be them them would just be like talking about like how they promote stuff online and like the ways that they stalk people online and like all these things like that like it would be just so like none of the things that we would want to hear being talked about uh, would be super funny, but uh, but yeah. So I think this was a, a nice uh, kickoff for uh, Wi-Fi or Die Month. I'm excited to uh, get into a few other ones. I feel like one of the other movies later in the month uh, kind of has some parallels to this, so I intentionally left it out of movie math. Um, and so excited to get into it. Next week we'll be talking Stay Alive, one of uh, one of the earlier uh, internet-based horror films. Uh, you know, so we had to have uh, some foundational text as much as I kept wanting to deny guests picking this movie like literally i had four different guests pick this movie and i like would talk them into a better movie uh, i was like oh but what if you did this one instead and then uh finally i was just like all right we get, I, I gotta do it like this looks like it's a hot a hot topic i guess so yeah uh, <laughs> it'll be fun to talk about it i haven't seen that movie in a hot minute a hot hot minute we'll get into it more uh, on that episode but it's going to be such a joy to revisit this one because <laughs> it's it's been so long devon that's like oh my god i haven't thought about this movie in like 15 fucking years so i'm very excited to revisit it yeah it's a 20 year old movie basically a relic and it only came out in 2002 so <laughs> Very excited to continue on uh, this journey of the uh, World Wide Web. Uh, Garrett, speaking of the World Wide Web, what are you working on right now? Uh, you guys can find me uh, over on uh, TikTok, Twitter, uh, as well as Letterboxd, at Garrett McDowell. Um, so uh, you can keep up with all of my uh, various movie takes and things. Uh, but if you want some more uh, podcast in-depth uh, uh, broadcasting uh, tastes and flavors, you can uh, subscribe to my other podcast, uh, Scum and Villainy. Uh, just uh, talked about uh, Indiana Jones, got the Dial of Destiny coming out this weekend, so we will uh, be reviewing that as well. So uh, be sure to uh, give us a listen. Woo woo. Very excited. Uh, I actually still have not watched a single Indiana Jones movie, so um, I'm debating if I need to go ahead and marathon them since everyone's talking about this new one. So I, 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 th- I think you. I feel firm in saying that you would be a Temple of Doom guy. I think okay. you would be a temple. I told you uh, uh, off air that it is the Batman Returns of Indiana Jones movies, and it's a prequel. So if you even wanted to start with that one, I think that uh, you technically could, and you wouldn't notice any difference or any change. I don't think you would love it, but I think if any of them are like that one's for Devon, I think that one's probably the most interesting. I uh, screen drafts did a Harrison Ford draft, and uh, the Indiana Jones movies were like the most debated ones between. Uh, you know, which one's better, the tones and all these things. So, like, it had me, it finally piqued my interest. I'm like, all right, I guess I got to check out these American classics and, yeah. uh, and get into it. So, so I'm excited. Um, uh, but yeah. anyways, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd at underscore Daddy Disco. Uh, make sure you are following uh, the uh, podcast on TikTok at Spectre Cinema. Um, and you can also hear me on Pod and Pendulum, same old stuff. Uh, we're currently talking the Jaws movies after uh, we just finished off uh, doing our John Carpenter movies. Did a few episodes in there. Uh, not doing the first Jaws, but I think um, I'm going to have to be one of the brave souls that does Jaws the Revenge. Um, so, you know, so you'll get to uh, hear me over there as per usual. But. 
Now go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Spectre Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Subscribe to not miss a thing. You can follow us on social media at Spectre Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars, a nice little review. We appreciate you. But until next time, guys, stay lifted.